This is Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing, where we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators that are driving transformation across their industries. This is Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. In this podcast, we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators who are driving transformation across their industries. I'm Patrice Sikora, and with me today is Chief Executive Officer at Zodia Custody, Julian Sawyer. Uh, Julian is going to discuss how Zodia Custody satisfies institutional investors' needs for a crypto asset custodian that understands traditional custody, but also meets investors' high expectations. Julian will also explain how Zodia Custody keeps up with the ever-changing crypto asset market. So first of all, Julian, thank you again for being here. And why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey to becoming CEO at Zodia? Yeah, I guess my uh, my career has probably been in three parts. The first part was I did 20 years as a management consultant. So as I always say, I'm, v- I'm very good, good at PowerPoint. And then I wanted, a, I wanted a real job. So I joined one of the challenger banks in the UK, so Starling Bank, where I was, where I was a co-founder. And that was really all about technology and trying to use technology to change retail banking. And then I got hooked onto the world of crypto. So started to get involved in working in the world of crypto and seeing that, again, technology is trying to change how banking works, how financial services work. And now I'm at Zodia. All right. Well, crypto, love it. And But from what I understand, let's go back to 2020. Standard Chartered and Northern Trust partnered to launch Zodia, right? So how did the need for Zodia Custody come about? And why was Northern Trust the right partner? So I think it started from a thesis that, first of all, digital assets or crypto is the future. The technology is the future. That might not be Bitcoin, but it will be digital assets. It will be crypto is the future of financial services. And we're starting to see see that all over the place now. And that is that is super powerful. So that hypothesis was, we this is the future. The next thesis was, to do this right, you need to start at the beginning, which is custody which is looking after those assets making sure they are safe and secure because once in institutions and also consumers understand about safety and security of their money and they've got reassurance there then they can do things with it they can then have building apps they can look at different applications for for crypto and really develop the ecosystem so the whole premise of zodiac custody was centered around that that premise you look at Standard Chartered and it, and its history, you look at Northern Trust and its history, and they were obvious bedfellows, fellow, if you like, in terms of coming together. And what we like at, at Zodia is that we go to our clients and we talk about that we're bank-backed, we're backed by the bank, we're backed by Northern Trust, Standard Chartered, and now recently SBI have come onto our cap table. I guess the question is, well, why is that that important? Because if we are going to look after your digital assets, your money, what you want to make sure is they're safe and secure. And the way to do that is having all the best practice from the banks, risk, compliance, control, resilience, security, all those things you expect from a bank is what you want from your custodian. And therefore, by having three bank partners, including Northern Trust, enables us to take the best practice from those organizations and ensure that we're applying them within Zodia. Having banks backing you is great, but what differentiates Zodia in the market? What are you doing 
that other organizations aren't? I think it is three parts, and I wouldn't underestimate the bank-backed part. A lot of our clients go, great, this is what we need. This Mm -hmm. is what we want. Particularly when you look at what happened last year with FTX, which was a lack of control, a lack of stability, an increased risk in transactions. And particularly when the market is going well, and it's high and there's nice headlines, you know, people forget that. And as soon as it gets difficult, as soon as you have failure within the ecosystem, then people look for that resilience, etc. So bank backed is super important. The next part is being regulated and the market is evolving globally and we hope it uh, continues to evolve in terms of regulation for custody and for digital assets but what that means is again we have some assurance so so i guess you look at it and say why is regulation put in place it's there for protection it's there for consistency it's there to manage the expectations of investors in in institutional clients as well as uh, retail clients effectively uh, in terms of ensuring that they understand what it is to be a custodian what are the controls what are the risk management framework so that is again super important and the third element then is the technology so one of the things that Zodi has done over the last three to four years is build an amazing set of technology. And for instance, one of the areas is real-time cold wallet. So typically on, on a custodian, you would have your cold wallet, which is like really cold, very, very incredibly well secure, but you then have to you'll take your assets from there and put them into hot or, or warm wallets, which are less secure, but more instant. What we've built is, is unique technology, which is highly secure, but within an instant access. And therefore that changes again, that risk profile. So you look at those three things and you just look at it and say, this is all about risk management. It's all about providing security and resilience to to our customers. Let's jump back to uh, the regulation there. How would you describe the current regulatory environment? And do you feel the changes are coming, more clarity may be coming or needed? That's a good question and a hard one to answer. So thank you for that. Take your time. Um, Take your time. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yes, more is needed. It is really important that we have regulatory roadmaps in our core markets. That enables us and others to invest, to bring that security to the ecosystem. Where we are struggling at the moment is that regulation is not always being enforced in the right way, and I can talk about that more in a moment, but it also is not consistent across markets. So with my banking and payments background on, you know, you look at payments, you look at banking, and while the US, the European Union, Singapore, UK, are all slightly different interpretation, but they are very, very consistent. They're aligned. And what we have in crypto is a huge difference, okay? And the European Union has just published Mika, which I think is probably one of the leading regulatory frame frameworks out in the world in from major economies. You know, we hope that the UK will align to that. It won't copy everything, but we hope it aligns. And I think when you look at the US side, it is disappointing that we don't have clarity there. And I hope that that happens quicker because I think as a huge financial services as marketplace, a lot of countries will look to the US for regulation. And I think it, it is disappointing at this point that we don't have that. It's coming. It's a long way to go, but it's a long way to go and across a lot of markets. 
this is really, really complex stuff. This is hard stuff. The market and the environment is moving so fast. And it's even hard for me to keep up with the news, with everything that is happening on a day-to-day basis. So imagine if you've got to try and regulate that, if you've got to try and work out what is the right way of doing it. And doing that is, is important. So for me, we have more to, uh, further to go across all markets. We would love a level playing field. We'd love alignment in regulation. And, and therefore, we get consistency. And then we need enforceability. And then enforceability is super important when you've got a product that is global, when you've got a product that's operating 24-7. And so what we want to make sure is that we have that right uh, ecosystem that is then going to support the market. That's a lot to develop and a lot to uh, come to terms with. As I, I agree with you, I think it probably will take quite a bit of time before we get to that point. But as we talk about regulation, let's now jump back to investors. What trends are you currently seeing with your institutional investors when it comes to leveraging the cryptocurrencies in their investment strategy? Are they becoming much more comfortable using these? You know, it's very easy to get negative headlines in the last 12 months in the world of crypto, but that hasn't materialized in a reduced interest from institutional investors into this asset class. Hmm. Now, why is that? Institutions do not make one week, one one month bets. They are making a multi-year bet. They're investing over a period of time. So they are looking perhaps over the last two, three, four, five years and going, crypto is something we want to be in. We need to be in this space. We know this is a precursor to other things within the digital asset space, stable coins, central bank digital currencies, tokenization. So you can look at this as the beginning rather than an end point so if you have that belief then a lower price point of bitcoin some market failures of some organizations yes you know challenges the market but doesn't stop institutional players coming on and so we are seeing a lot of interest of organizations who you know have publicly been pro crypto actually have been sort of neutral or quiet, but are now looking at this, understanding what it means to operate in this market and what do you need in terms of custody. So I think it's important that you've got to look at this as a, at a macro level, at a, at a level of multi-year decision-making. And that is an important perspective to have on this market, where I think in the consumer, clearly we get negative headlines, we get some noise, the the price has gone down, and we go, well, let's just go to a diplomatic class and go and save somewhere else or invest elsewhere. But institutions just work on a fundamentally different route. One of the things I think is super interesting, uh, one of my colleagues mentioned this a few few weeks ago, that pre-FTX, Clients were asking us or prospects were asking us, you know, how many coins have you got? When are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And now the conversation is, tell me about your risk profile. Tell me about your Uh three lines of defense. Where are you regulated? How do you manage this? Have you got this uh, capability, this risk management? And so I think the conversation has matured and it's matured in a way that traditional finance would talk about things, would talk about risk management, would talk about counterparties, would talk about having those controls. And I think that probably is the biggest learnings that I've seen in the last 12 months within the market. And that is super healthy. That is really, really healthy. Are you 
taking steps to increase the accessibility of the crypto market? I think a custodian effectively does do that because again if you can keep your assets safe and secure then it enables people to trade to hold their assets to be able to use them in a in an interesting way but also then think about different products and services that can sit on top of this this ecosystem and whether that is funds etfs etps whether it is you know trading strategies whether it's investment strategies whether it's a, a buy and hold i think that is interesting one of the bits that is important, I think, to understand is that we talk about crypto and probably most of us are thinking, ah, oh, that's Bitcoin. I know about mm-hmm. that. It's <laughs> just one part of that ecosystem. And so, you know, you can categorize it in a number of different ways. But, you know, there's investable assets like Bitcoin. There are utility tokens that do something. You've got CDBC, so central bank digital currencies. You've got stable coins. Over the last few years, NFTs or art has come through. And there's a whole range of other pieces. And all of that is crypto. All of that is digital assets. And so what I think will happen is with custodians coming in and providing that, it becomes a place where you could start store your NFTs. You could do payments with stable coin. You could engage with central banks with CDBCs, etc. And I think that becomes interesting in those use cases, which is why I fundamentally think we're at the beginning of the journey, not at the end of the journey. And I, I should have asked this before, probably, but what assets do you offer custody services for currently? So we have 38 coins, which we offer. So they are the Bitcoin and Ethereum, they're the stable coins like USDT and USDC, and then a whole range of others. And I really hope you're not going to ask me to list the 38. <laughs> I will, I will Julian, mess up. I know that. Julian, about that list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of, of growth, which jurisdictions do you currently cover and where do you plan to expand? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a global market, so it wouldn't surprise us that we should be looking globally. We've just announced a partnership with Standard Chartered in Dubai. We've done a joint venture with SBI in Japan. We think Asia is super important. We think North America is super important. So I think, you know, if you're looking at where we are, London and Irish uh, regulation, as well as Luxembourg, so that's the EU covered. And I think the Middle East is really an exciting region. I was there a couple of weeks ago for the FinTech Summit, and there's a real buzz there, which is great. But then Asia's got 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 some a lot of noise as well. And there's a lot of uh, interest in this market in Hong Kong, in, in Singapore, etc. And super excited to see what we can do in, in, in North America, because, you know, that is a credibility market, it's a huge market, it's a mature market. So all, all of those and above. How does Zodia stay agile? How do you respond to client needs without compromising security and reliability? So we have our IT function is uh, is split into a number of discrete areas. You know, we have client onboarding and client change, and effectively, we have uh, production support and core development. But we also have information security as a completely separate area. Now. For those of you who work in in technology, you'd go, well, that's pretty standard. It is. It's about the fintech mindset. And and what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, first of all, focus on the customer and what they need. And then secondly, it is about the agility to make decisions, to roll out 
changes or enhancements or new products or new features. I think most of my team are probably sick of me doing the uh, Star Wars impression of <laughs> feeling the force, but we need to feel the force. We need to feel what our customers are really wanting and being able to predict that. Because if you wait until the market gets to, to you and you understand it, you are too late. We have to make some bets. We have to make some decisions. And I think if we can do that in a very agile way, then we're not making one big bet and hoping it's going to come up. We will be making a lot of product enhancements and a lot of new product features. All right, then. Are there any changes you see coming, any changes in the the, the next decade or so that we haven't touched on that you can mention to us? I think decades is a hell of a long time in crypto. Yeah. So I won't be I won't be that bold to try and predict that. I think, you know, we talked about regulation. I think once we've got stability there, I think that is super important. I think once we differentiate the different types of crypto and therefore the price, so the, the pricing at the moment is just tracking consistently with Bitcoin, which isn't probably the right answer. There are different sets of assets within this class. And then I think it is about really finding those use cases where we can solve problems. We can solve where there's friction in currently in financial services or there's excess cost or excess time. And the examples I use, if you use a stable coin, you know, cross-border remittance, sending money back home is incredibly expensive and probably expensive to the very poorest people within the world. And yet the financial services sector just doesn't solve that problem. It's expe hugely expensive when we could actually send that money really, really quickly, you know, in a matter of seconds at a few cents cost. And I think those are going to be interesting. There are examples of that happening right now. Uh, and there's a number of organizations who are looking at this and trying to work out how to get scale and solving these issues. So that I think is where it is getting interesting. It's not technology for technology's sake. It's about putting applications in that will change what people are doing. So I think there's that use case on things like the stable coins. Obviously, the investable assets are a separate asset class. But you know, while financial services tries to be as efficient as it can, there is inherently excess costs and excess time, which is detrimental. And I think this technology can provide things that are the next generation. All right. As we wrap up, Julian, this has been wonderful, by the way. Do you have any final thought for our institutional investor listeners about participating in the crypto asset market? I would, It's probably predictable that I would say this, but even if you don't want to invest a lot or, or haven't decided if this is for you, I think it is worth getting a pilot, playing around, getting your tech, getting your product people, looking at what this can do. Because when various parts of this ecosystem, the various different types of crypto, which I've mentioned already, take off, you want to be there. When your clients are asking you to invest in crypto, you want to be there. And I think the, the moment we're seeing a lot of forward-looking institutions who are getting ready, who are learning, who are working how to do this, and I think there's more and more that, that 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 should be looking at that. And when you then take that to tokenization and the future of where digital assets will go, that will be a tipping point. When you've got securities that are tokenized, you've got physical assets that are tokenized, you're then going to change how you do banking, asset management, and uh, investment. And I think, I think if you are not looking at this, 
even if it's just playing, if even if it's proof of concepts, even if it is just trying to see how it how it works and learn, then I think you are missing out on 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 that future journey that I think everybody else is going to be on. Julian, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really, it was great to learn about Zodia Custody, how you satisfy institutional investors' needs for a crypto asset custodian, because you also understand traditional custody, and you also discuss the important work Zodia is doing in the crypto space. Again, thank you. And thank you for listening to Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Subscribe to Faster Forward from your favorite podcast app to be automatically notified of new episodes. This audio podcast is being provided for informational and educational purposes only and is not meant to be taken as investment advice or a recommendation of any specific investment product or strategy. The information does not take your financial situation, investment objective, or risk tolerance into consideration. Listeners, including professionals, should under no circumstances rely upon this information as a substitute for their own research or for obtaining specific legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice from their own counsel. Northern Trust Corporation, head office 50 South LaSalle Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60603. USA Incorporated with limited liability in the U.S. 